Hi, I'm Mason Dubicek. I'm Miss Hancock. And we have been taking a look at some different articles and various topics and discussing them offline and decided we'd bring some of those conversations online and hopefully some of the ideas and perspectives that we have will be helpful to some of you who are watching or listening today. Exactly. And one of the articles I came across recently was in Home Care Magazine. It was an article written by David Wilkins and it's called How to Develop Leaders for Better Employee Retention. And although this article was focused on the home care industry, I thought a lot of the comments in this article were applicable across exactly. multiple industry right. lines. And I, I just thought there were some relevant, um, relevant things to discuss. Right. So um, I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, but I'll give you kind of a heads up on this mission. You know, what, basically what he, what he was talking about early on is when it comes to retention, that anytime there's change in an organization, that um, whether it's because someone leaves or they take another position within the company, that that requires that the company sources, hires and trains a new replacement, and that's expensive and it's time to right. And it's also disruptive in that um, it disrupts workflow, um, obviously it disrupts workflow, it unsettles your clients, and often creates a bunch of unnecessary expenses for the employer. So one of the things I found interesting was he said that while 89% of the organization's site retention is one of their key strategic imperatives, only 36% say they have a formal retention strategy in place. So that's one of the things that caught my attention about well, this yeah. particular article is, and why I thought we would do one a discussion on it because obviously there's a bunch of people that say it's important and a bunch of people haven't done it yet. Or maybe they're thinking about it, but I think the key word is they don't have a formal strategic exactly. plan in place. So I think, and I could be wrong, happens from time to time, but I think one of the reasons they don't have one is because they really don't have an idea of what that should look like. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's really important to us, what do we do with right. this? Right, we, we, we want our employees engaged, but how do we do that? Exactly. So, you know, like it was a Stephen Covey, I think, that once said, begin with the end of mind. So what does the end look like for you? Well, yeah, I would say I'm a fan of uh, Colin's work in his book, uh, Good to Great, where he talked about the importance of getting the right people on the bus and into the right seats. Right. And that's that's, that's definitely going to help. So, you know, what does that look like? Number one, I would say you know, assess your existing staff, mm-hmm. find what you have. Two, assess the existing roles, find what they require. Right. So you have an idea of who's on your bus, what the seats look like. Right. Have a system in place to help you compare person to the different roles, and then make sure everyone's trained and congruent on how to utilize this data to make better decisions faster. And one of the things that he talked about in this article was, you know, developing leaders. You know, sometimes it's not always easy just to go find one. Like, I had an old boss one time that told me the best way to predict the future is to create it. You know, right. I'm not so sure you can't apply that same level of thinking to your leaders. Exactly. I mean, look at your workforce. You could have leaders right there in front of you that you could be developing. And if they're subject matter experts, now you and they know your industry and they know your business and they know your company culture and whatnot, and they have all this institutional knowledge. It's a lot of value there. A lot of value. And if Don't you, get rid and of if that. You can, and if you can find people who have the capacity to step up, you know, one, because they're subject matter experts, and two, because they're suited for that. The job allows them to be who they are. You're, you're better off. So, you know, some of the key metrics that uh, he talked about also. So, so basically, he said, 
well, uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So one of the things he said was identify future leaders with assessment tools and create career paths that are based on their goals and strengths and your organization's needs. I think all three of those are important. Exactly. You know, great you have the organization's needs, but if the organization's needs are not in, they're not congruent with what that person wants out of a job, then it's not going to work. It's not going to work long term. You are not, you're not well matched. Correct. <laughs> so, you know, can, how can you take a look at what roles someone is in now and what, what roles they could be in the future, making sure that, again, I really says that it based on the individual's goals and their strengths. So it's um, what they want to do, what they like to do, and what they're good at. Right. And what, what they want to accomplish. And then also making sure that's congruent with the organization's need. So I think it's also mentioned leadership plans tailored to employees' current roles and future plans will help them attain their goals and foster retention. If the, and, I, and I think you said a mouthful there in this article because it, when you have a person and they realize, yes, I'm doing this. Let's say you work at my company. Okay. And... You know, you're doing a good job, and that's great. But if I want to keep her retention, then I believe it's important for me to be able to create in your mind a vision that you, this is just, you're auditioning for the next step and the next step right. and the next step. And, and, that, and that's what I want. Like, you know that ahead. Like, I'm like, well, I'm really hoping to grow with the company. I'm looking to do the following things, you know. And so then you're like, all right, well, let's work on this together. Because if that doesn't happen, what am I going to do? Right. I'm going to go look elsewhere exactly. for the opportunity. And, right. And what this what this allows me to do as an employer, if you're, it gives me the challenge of laying out for you, hey, look, here's the kind of career path that we think you're suited for. Exactly. And it's alignment with what you want. So I'm going to provide you with these additional roles and responsibilities and training and things to develop you so that when this next position becomes available, that you are ready for it. Yeah. Beginning on day one. Exactly. So it's almost like I've got a, you know, not to use a sports analogy, but we use a sports analogy. It's <laughs> like I'm building my own farm team. Yeah. Inside. There you go. And I'm looking ahead to the needs of the company and roles down the road and saying, how can I prepare people now who are doing a good job in their existing role, but also giving them the training, the knowledge, the expertise, the experience, and the perspectives to be able to handle the next one. Exactly. And I want to know in advance before I put you on a path, though, which is one of the things he's talking about in the assessments in this article, is that that I am investing in you with an end in mind. Exactly. And that end, I already know you're a good fit for based on those three things. You match the job, the job gives you what you want and utilizes what you're good at. Right. So, um, I, I thought that was cool. Uh, also, um, Talked about in the, in the article, we talked about how when employers invest in folks, those folks tend to feel some sense of obligation, responsibility to, to like, well, I, they're investing me, so I want to stick around. Well, right, and that and that they're part of it. Yes. Yeah. So right, it's not just like, oh, you're here and we don't really care. It's like we really do care that you're here. We find value in you, which is a big part. People find value in you, sure. and and we find value in you so much that we are looking at you to become a leader in our company. It's one thing for as an as a, an employer to an employee to have to say that hey you're important and we see these other roles, but to actually demonstrate it by right. and one of the things this guy's talking about assessments was like look, Mish, you're an employee. We have assessed you. We have assessed these different roles. We know what you bring to the table. We know that you're good at this stuff. We know that you like doing that stuff. 
And here are some roles that allow you to do what you do best and like to do exactly. most. And so when I ask you, hey, I need you to take on this project, I'm trying to give you the experience you need to prepare you so when that role opens up, right. we can slide you in. I'm so not it's like you're you. training them as well. Yes. Yes, exactly. And, and, and I, but it's one thing for me to tell you I'm doing that, but it's another to actually do it and show you because right. then you realize... Wow, this is really going to happen. This is really happening. This is not yeah. service. No reason for me to look outside. I'm right. going to get to do what I want to do. I'm and in the right place. And it's also sending you a message. If I say, hey, Miss, you know what? Um, we've assessed you. We've assessed the, the, these other roles. And here's the roles we think you match for. You know, I'm trying to demonstrate with my actions, not just my words, that I care about you as a person and what you want to do as well as what we what what, what we need from you. You it's, know, so it's, it's the, like it's the win win thing. It's a self and it's a self fulfilling prophecy because when I'm telling you, hey, look, you this is what the job requires. This is what makes you a solid employee. This is what makes you a skilled employee. This is what makes you a valuable employee. And look, what you want and what this job requires, or it's a good match. Exactly. It's self fulfilling prophecy. Like you're really cut out for this type of work. Otherwise, we, we wouldn't be investing in these resources and tools in, in you, and I wouldn't be having this conversation with and you. And that's the person you want to hire. You want to hire that person that you know is going to grow with your company. Right, and when they and when you're an existing employee, I want to show you career paths inside it, because if someone above you gets goes on to another company or another role, then, again, my ability to source for that job is internal. Right, and, and I, then you're not, like, scared. You're not, like, Freaking out as oh right. my gosh, who's going to fill that, or what are we going to do? It's like Correct. it's like you've already groomed the next person for that position. Correct. And he even talks in this article. Uh, the author even talks about uh, some of the out challenges that and the key metrics are time to fill, time to fill, quality of care. They refer to care. I'd say performance and then turnover. Right. Well, those are easy to measure. I mean, time to fill. How long has this position been open? Well, you know what? Here's one of the things I know. I know that. In, uh, if I've gone into a company and I've assessed existing staff and I've built models of what it takes to be successful based on our top performers and I've got a system that manages that, I can go into my system and say, hey, who do I have in my system that matches this job? Right. You know, 85 or better, you know, or 90 or better being an excellent fit. You know, not getting hung up on numbers, but the point is good fit. Right. The system pulls it up and now all of a sudden what used to take weeks or months now takes a matter of seconds. And I have a short list of people internally who match so job. just like in sales, we want to have our sales pipeline. Yes. He talks in here about you want your talent pipeline. Yes. You know, I mean, that's what you're doing. You're building your talent pipeline so that when you have those positions to fill, you've got people just ready to step time right to in fill, there. Time to fill is minimum. And, and sometimes you may be able, if you do it right, you may be able to have people prepared to the point that they may actually come in and do a better job than the person that left. And that would ultimately be the goal. There you go. So... Um, <laughs> You know, every time the company's made, you're 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 improving. The Constantly is, improving, yes. So, but you need to know how to go about doing that. And, right. And I really appreciate the fact that he's talking about this. Obviously, in this particular thing, he's talking home care. But in any organization, obviously, the quality of care, you can go by complaints and customer service and reviews and things like that to determine whether people are doing a good job. So those metrics are, are easy to measure, and as is turnover. Right. So, I, and I just, I think that, I likely mentioned that forward-thinking talent management leaders closely track these metrics, and they do, and they look for ways to improve them. And you know, I've worked with a company, um, to a furniture chain that reduced turnover by fifty percent. Wow! And their industry that's huge. That's sick. But one of the things they said to me was, "We think we can do better." They did not rest on their laurels at all. I. And, 
and it doesn't surprise me that they're rated as one of the most desirable employers to work for in their state, but that, I love the mentality. I love the fact that, yes, we cut turnover by 50%, but I think we can do better. Let's do better, yeah, and, exactly. And then it wasn't only, hey, how can we do better in reducing turnover, but these other key metrics, like, well, how can we increase sales, and how can we improve? They look for different ways to, to improve, and I and I just think the best people that are the best at what they do, business-wise, are actively... They're not resting on They're not resting on the they, they are measuring, yeah. they are yeah. improving, they are touching. This is not lip service for them. They are, these companies are not... These are not the ones that where it says, uh, uh, what was it? What was it? 89% of organizations cite retention among the key strategic imperatives, but only 30%, 36% say they have a formal retention strategy in place. These are part of the that 36% right. that not only have something in place but are actively working on it and actively working to make it improve. Well, and, 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 and creating that win-win that is going to help the company grow but also help their people grow and help them keep those valuable people that are on the payroll. So, you know, and, and, the, and the article went on to wrap it up and just basically say, hey, to reduce time to fill, you know, leaders uh, employ new recruitment and marketing practices to build talent pipelines even before they have openings so that you go. Just, they're, they're copying your ideas. <laughs> no, this is essential, critical, hard to fill positions, and that's true. Just particularly, this is even what we just talked about is even more important in the critical, hard to fill positions. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the folks in HR know how challenging this can be. A lot of times, the folks that are not in HR don't realize how much time, energy, effort, and resources it, it takes to get a halfway qualified applicant. Exactly. And then much less get them trained and developed to the point where they can be more than competent in contributing to the bottom line. Right. So, you know, I love these the, the, the focus on retention and and just a lot of the work about getting someone to the point of being productive, especially with their internal employees, is already done. Right, yeah. Because they already have the institutional knowledge. They already have to understand how things work. They already have the product knowledge and subject matter experts. And, and if you're putting them in roles where it allows them to do what they do best and like to do most, that is... Get them on the path. <laughs> that's the path. Get them on the path. So anyway, again, I want to give a shout out to um, Home Care Magazine and uh, Dave Wilkins who wrote this article on how to develop leaders for better employer retention. I just, I just think that uh, even though it was for that industry... A lot of the things that he said in this article are relevant for a exactly. lot of other industries, and, and I hope that anyone watching or listening benefits from this article.